Keeping it real on cliffcentral.com. Hello, welcome to the show. <laughs> <laughs> That's how we started, just like that. Thanks to Gareth and the gang. It is December. Go December, boss. <laughs> Keep eh? December, boss. It depends which language, bro. Keep December, boss. Keep December. Oh, in which language is called December, boss? In in South South Africa. <laughs> uh, What's South in South Spanish, South in Portuguese. Go <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>, December. Go <laughs> December, boss. Uh, it is the Conza Show. Hey, it is two hours of magic. Here on the show today, two hours. Who in their right mind gave us two hours? Two hours to run wild all over <laughs> these mic and just spitting. Did you see? Did you see uh, the Pope? The Pope bars yesterday. No. What's so, this? So go on to Twitter. Go on to Twitter and search for hashtag Pope bars. So they've got this picture of the Pope, and he's got a mic in his hand and he's got his hand up, and now you had to sort of caption it with. I uh, had to put a meme on it. No, with rhymes. Oh, with rhymes. So okay. guys, guys just went crazy. Pope, Pope bars. Yeah, hashtag Pope bars. Wow. Okay, so that's what we're going to be spending two hours speaking about. Hashtag. <laughs> <laughs> no, this show is really cool. We are speaking about what the. Let's just do it. What the fuck? <laughs> 2015 WTF 2015. It's the WTF 2015 awards where we're giving away. The award for the for the people, the moments that have delivered the biggest WTF moments. That is across society. So politicians are are are, are running are in the running for this award. Mm-hmm. Uh, musicians are in the running for this award. Um, you've got celebrities are in the running. Just general surely. celebrities who don't sing, who don't dance, who don't act, but just you know, we've got some CEOs and infamous COOs. We've even got a currency that's in the running for these awards. WTF. What are your moments? WTF. We want to hear from you. 0861-555-189. Or you can tweet us at Rory Shabalala. The T is before the S. Uh, or at Yebo underscore L-E-V-Y. We've got a whole bunch of people coming into the show today. Uh, including, uh, the likes of Gareth Cliff is going to join us. Mbalin Tuli, Mbuisen Ndlozi, uh, John Steenhazen, Shahira Kala. Uh, we've got the, Professor Adam Habib, he'll be in studio, and of course you as well. So uh, look out, two hours of absolute madness. Let's start with a little look at WTF. All of us carry the belief that in out of the ashes of apartheid, a prosperous and a united South Africa will rise. Then if the students don't accept this, we'll tell our own Students must fall. Students must fall. Here in this party, there will be no room for those who seek to divide or those who want to mobilize on the basis of race. Our membership figures stood at 769,800 Listen properly. This is the Facebook post that landed Diane Caller Barnard in hot water. It makes a call for apartheid era president P.W. Buerta to P. 
please come back. Take your seat. Two says that a member must refrain from reading his or Honorable Josie, but may refresh their memory. The president is reading all the time. We have had police brutally handle us. We have had our sisters and brothers in Cape Town being shot at. We have had our sisters and brothers in NMU being shot at. We have been tear gassed. We have been pepper sprayed by private security entering our campuses. We have had white men point knives and guns at us in our institutions. We have had to deal with institutions who see that now we have shut their institutions down. They want to bar us from buses so that we constantly have to walk from Palm Town to Brown. Thinking we will be demoralized. We have had to clean our own toilets on campus. We have had to mop our own floors on campus. There will be a zero increase of university fees in 2016. But we are saying as a generation that is supposedly lost and born free that we are alive and we are radical and we are ready to take it to the streets. A revolution has been coming the whole year from roads must fall to open stellar bush to decolonize vets and now we're saying the ANC comes first and South Africa comes late. WTF moments of 2015. That was just some of the moments uh, in audio. Wow. What a year. We have- it, what a year. It feels, it feels a little crazy. Yeah, you almost, you know, it's it's gone so fast that you, you you wonder how we managed as a country to squeeze all of these things in one year. You know, it's it, it's amazing. Uh, of course, the person I think that has been at the center of this and who has delivered the most WTFs I think this year is our own president, Jacob Zuma. You're going to go for a second name has there, Has right? delivered. <laughs> I was like, Well done. Nice. And, and, and what does that mean? The man who laughs while poking you in the background, basically. While stabbing you. <laughs> <laughs> and, and hasn't it felt like that? H- hasn't it felt like that, right? So he has responded to most things by laughing, uh, much to Musimai Mani's chagrin. Um, but at the same time, he has, you know, he's, he really seems to have been at the center of these things. A lot of people are blaming him. He has come out and said, I am not a liability. There's no such thing. But, you know, he seems to just always, his name always seems to be at the middle of the things that have, that have delivered WTFs, like Firepool. Uh, Firepool delivered a, a WTF for me. I remember that day. I, I, I listened. I wanted to hear what was going on. And then they, and then they went through demonstrations and I was like, <laughs> like WTF. That, that Firepool demonstration was fantastic. <laughs> eh? Who was the, the minister who was behind that again? Uh, yeah, I think it was it Minister. Yes, it was Tleko. Matlobo is intelligence. Yes. yes. He had some other issues, Matlobo, with the, the, the uh, banning of phones and. Oh my goodness. Uh, in parliament when all the journalists were saying, bring back the signal. But can you uh, just take a moment? These things, <laughs> they happened. Amazing. They were real. This happened. People stormed parliament and pulled parliamentarians out. That happened this year. We do need to take a step back and say, 
have we become too desensitized as a country? Let's resensitize ourselves and go through these moments of WTF 2015. What are your moments? Hit us up on WeChat, cliffcentral.com. You can also hit us up on Twitter at Rory Shabalala or at Yebo underscore L-E-V-Y. We want to hear your thoughts. What have been your WTF moments and who are your WTF people? Um, yeah, if we if we have to give away an award by the end of the show, who is going to get the WTF 2015 trophy? And let's think a little bit more than I mean, Jacob Zuma is going to come up a lot. Um, so let's let's go broader. Let's find out who else should be there. Should Cyril be there as well? I mean, Cyril is the biggest disappointment for me. I loved Cyril back in the day. Why? I don't know. He just he was cool. He was like he was an activist, man. Like. He was the man, you know, and, and then he left politics because he was like, you know, like, I've done my bits. I want to, I want to be something more than that. And that was awesome. And he built a huge company, Shanduka, which is just doing brilliant things. He's a great leader. And then he came back. And the first time I saw him back in politics, I was late to the game, but the first time I saw him back in politics was the Mandela Memorial, where he said in Zulu that we must uh, not embarrass ourselves when we have guests here. Mm. Um, I think he was speaking to the entire world that was watching that at that exact time. Mm. And I was just, then from there, we had obviously had Marikana, which he was embroiled in. And, uh, this year with the, the Fismas 4, he was out in, in Sweden and doing a European tour when the country was again burning. It must be tough to be Cyril. You know, it must be tough. So what did they do? All the state owned enterprises that are in trouble, they put them under his care. Right. So the war room as we know it. Yeah, so so even Escom it was put in his care. So it seems he gets all the tough jobs and and the unenviable jobs. So assume that you have to now in order to bring all the state-owned enterprises like the post office and so on bring them into line, you have to fire people. He's going to be that guy. Meanwhile, the guy's trying to become president next <laughs> in the next in the next election. So you you're sabotaging him, right? It must be really difficult to be him because on the one hand, you are the deputy president. You are rightfully, in inverted commas, the, the one who takes over next. And now you've got the ANC Women's League saying, no, 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 no. We want, we now, this is the time for a woman, a woman leader. It must really be tough to be. It must really, really be tough to be Cyril. You know who else is on the line with Cyril is Brian Molefe. I feel sorry for that guy. <laughs> CEO of Transnet. He seemed to have turned that around a little bit. And, uh, and then because he did a good job there, they were like, right, we need this guy everywhere. So then he was, I don't know, what do you even call it? Uh, makeshift CEO for, for ESCOM. Um, I mean. But it's, so here's a WTF for us as South Africa is <laughs> why do we not have anyone else that can run these things? So we, we, we're now relying on a single person who's doing great. We love it, but. Is there no one else? You know, I would have expected that we have a deep bench of leadership um, in the corporate space that can come and lead out of crises and so on. Mm. But we're relying on the same person, right? SABC, Claudio Mutsuening. Oh, wow. Delivered a lot of WTFs. Are you saying that this is the best? So we looked around. We scanned the whole of South Africa. We explored all of the different alternatives as far as executives were concerned. And you know... At that moment, we realized Claudi Mutswening is our guy. <laughs> a man who has delivered a lot of WTFs. He has delivered oh, just like it. That guy. You know what's interesting as well? Just going through 2015, mm. there's been this interesting parallel between 
fees must fall, and we'll talk about it. We're going to get uh, some of the newsmakers who made the headlines in studio just a little bit later, Shahira Kala and uh, Adam Habib. Fees must fall. Mm. And then on the other side of the coin, we had a whole bunch of people in high positions who didn't have degrees at all. Mm. Started with Palo Jordan. Cloudy Motsaneng, I think, has also been accused of not having the right degrees. Well, he's not accused. He does not. <laughs> That's not an accusation. <laughs> All right, I'll, I'll, let you, I'll let you drive that. There's, 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 uh, Mark Mapori on uh, WeChat says, Ask Musi. That, that, that was a WTF moment. Twitter is no space for politics. Twitter was also, Twitter delivered a lot of WTFs, didn't it, this year? I so, loved Ask Musi, just by the way. Yeah? Because the one thing that South Africa, we, we neglect Throughout all of this, and it was a hard year, let's be honest. It was a very difficult year. We had load shedding. We had presidential speeches that were just total rubbish. We had crime increasing. We had unemployment rates going through the tubes. But through all that, we had a South African humor that was united, black and white, who got on board and started laughing at ourselves. We had to. There was nothing else we could do. Yeah, I, I'm always in two minds about this laughing at ourselves thing because we seem to laugh at ourselves even at the worst of moments. So we we turn we turn things that I feel shouldn't be jokes into jokes, but at the same time, it's just so sad that we have to laugh and then we laugh. You know, it's Twitter and and this black Twitter phenomenon. Really, really, if you want to escape. The pain that is sometimes seeing all of these WTF moments. Just go on to Black Twitter. Just chill. Just go and meet a few people. Shake hands. Shake hands with Kayat Langa. You know, move around. Shake hands with Kesa Hwale. You know, go and say Shaka. hi to a few. Go say go and say hi to a few people there. And I, I think after a while, number one, you'll get perspective because a lot of these guys do share great perspective, but they're also very good. I mean, Eusebius, uh, on the one hand, will 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 school you on on, on critical issues, but then on the other, uh, will will send out something very funny, like uh, what he said about um, what's that idols judge. Gareth Cliff. No, man. <laughs> the new one. What's his name? Oh, uh, his name. Uh, uh, so man. So He ah. works here. So Meezy works here. Come on, I'm guy. Sorry, I'm sorry. I Jeez. blanked out, right? Jeez. And, and, he, and, Jeez. and the comment that he made about So wig. So you've got Twitter is a great place in which you get a lot of WTFs and also you unpack a lot of WTFs, right? So, so yeah, I think. This year has been rather interesting. I, I think more and more people are moving towards social media to express their WTFs. Of course, there's also this WTF that we need to point not just at politicians and so on, but at ourselves as as citizens of this country. WTF are we doing about the things that we're seeing going wrong in our country? You know, w, when are we going to just stand up, move away from Twitter and, and Facebook and actually do something about the things that we're concerned about. So there's, there are big WTFs that, that we need to point at ourselves. Uh, we did shows on white privilege and all of that. Black those, anger. Those know. things aren't concerning politicians as much as they're concerning us. WTF are we prepared to do to make sure that we become constructive players in building the society that we want? Mm. It's a difficult one. It's a difficult one because I think there's a lot of South Africans that are hot full. You know, there are a lot of South Africans that are like, oh, not another news broadcast about some kind of politician doing yeah, something in Poland. Yeah, but what must can to happen now? Hmm? <laughs> no, what must can to happen now? You are hot full and now what must can to happen? It is still your country. What do you want to do? So ultimately, the, this idea that I'm hot full and so on, okay, okay, you, you are hot full now. Who must, who must fix this? So th there's a big thing around just us getting over ourselves as well. Because ultimately, 
We are the ones that are going to fix this country. We're the ones that need to do something about the state of, of things. We're the ones that need to make our voices heard, not just at the ballot box, but even just, you know, reaching out to parliamentarians, putting pressure on these people. Uh, we are the ones, we have the agency. We are not powerless. So ultimately, we do need to make sure that we have our voices heard. Uh, the public protector has protected us from a lot of WTFs. So she is not a candidate for a WTF, but she has been very good at shielding us. And she is there as well for us to just, you know, if we feel aggrieved by something, I'm having a WTF moment. Public protector, help me out. Mm. You know? All right, let's start getting some opinions on this. Uh, we've got uh, Gareth Cliff. He'll be joining us a little bit later uh, to, to give us his WTF moments. He was in, involved in quite a few himself on Twitter. And Balian Tuli, she's a, a fantastic character. Hey? You like her, don't you? I don't, I don't know her. I don't know her. She's the DA representative. No, that I first know her. Had the I, whole yes, I know her, but I don't know her. So what do you mean? I like uh, her. <laughs> it's like it's like okay, I get it. Yes, I get it's, it. Uh, she's interesting person. I've seen her in a bikini recently. What do you think about that? Ugh, I think it's much ado about nothing, man. I mean, and the bikini is not even like it's not one of those, right? I mean, I, I don't know. I, I don't get what. The fuss was about with that. I think I think we need to get over ourselves. I d- so yeah, she went out in a bikini. It wasn't even one of those worst, you know, where it was like she's revealing everything. So I I really don't know what the fuss was about. <laughs> what's your, what's your sense? Did you see the bikini? So I had a few conversations about this last night, and I agree with you. The bikini is not. The bikini is not like one of those sassy, sexy, hardcore, you know, showing all sorts of things. She was simply, she was simply saying, you know, like, hey, this is me. This is summer. You know, I'm, I'm looking good. I'm feeling good. At the same time, one needs to ask, and let's ask her, you know, right now, one needs to ask, like, it, as a, as a public figure, are there certain constraints that you have to take into consideration? Uh, I don't agree. I'm well, asking. What? I'm for asking. What? I'm for asking. For what Mbali, now? <laughs> Hi. Good morning to you. How are you doing? I'm good, thanks. Hi, guys. Ah, oh, man. So, so happy to have you join the WTF uh, 2015 show. Um, thank you, firstly, for joining us. Let's, let's talk about you, and then let's talk about your moments, um, your WTF <laughs> moments. You posted, sure. you posted a picture of, uh, of yourself in a bikini. And are we allowed to say this, Roy? Did she, I mean, you looked pretty hot. <laughs> You're allowed okay. to say anything you I'm, want okay. uh, because it's unreal. Uh, me, it wasn't me; it was him. <laughs> okay, I thought you looked fantastic. Um, you got a lot of backlash on Twitter and Facebook for that post. Your thoughts as to why why you got so much backlash, and what do you feel about it? I didn't actually get um, a lot of backlash. I got a lot of positive comments, a lot of mature comments. Um, I think a lot of people um, didn't see that it was much of a news story, just like I didn't. Um, but I mean, obviously, you're going to get a couple of people who feel a little bit ruffled and think uh, or want to ask um, if, if it's appropriate for a leader to be doing that. I think it's quite a lazy argument. But I'm willing to carry some entertainers and, uh, you know, uh, converse with those people. But I really didn't think it was a big idea. Uh, I'd go to the beach, I'd go to school parties, and that's what I wear. So for me, it wasn't even a post to start any conversation, just what I was doing at the time. But I, I think South Africa has mostly reacted quite uh, positively and maturely to the post. You know, as a public figure, are there certain things that you can and cannot do? 
I mean, do, do you feel like politics is changing in the sense that before it was like you, you were seen as just presidential in your looks and, and, um, you know, you couldn't say anything out of line. And then I feel like Barack Obama changed many things with his candid way of just being human. Do, do you think politics is changing in that way in South Africa as well, or are we still quite conservative? I think for the most part, we're still quite conservative, but I think that uh, if you're going to be a leader, um, whether it's in South Africa or anywhere in the world, then you want people to authentically, uh, you know, find something that they can resonate with you. The best thing you can do is to be uh, completely yourself and authentic so that they're not being sold some sort of dream um, about who you are when you aren't actually that person. So um, I'd like to believe that as South Africans, we're getting to a stage where we want our leaders to be real about who they are about uh, their jobs and what they're able to do, rather than pretending to be some sort of uh, person on some moral high ground and have scandals come out about them later. I think people resonate far more with people who are authentically themselves, and I think that those are usually the best leaders because then they don't have any hang-ups about what they're trying to do or what they're trying to portray. Mbale, let's let's maybe take look at it from the other side. So... WTF were you thinking posting uh, that picture? Uh, you're saying being yourself and so on. Why? Why now? What? What? What were you thinking? And I'm not saying WTF in a bad way, but in a, a you, you know, okay. Now I'm going to post. A, it's not the first time I wear a bikini, uh, but I think right now this moment in time is a perfect moment in time for me to post myself in a bikini. What? What? Is, what was it about this particular moment that made it the right moment? The the you know what? throw caution to the wind type of moment? <laughs> it, really a, it really was not that dramatic. It wasn't a throwing <laughs> caution to the wind kind of there were, moment there to me at all. And, there wasn't and, I'm surprised. I'm, no, and I'm surprised because um, anyone who really follows me on Facebook has seen me at the beach with friends before in bikinis. Hmm. Um, but on this particular day, I, I just liked the bikini that I was wearing and I thought it was nice. So I was like, hey. I'm also a pool party. Where'd you stay? Well, you um, and I, I, su- I suppose perhaps just uh, because of how um, much it got shared, that's probably why it got into the public eye as opposed to any other pictures that I've shared of myself and things. <laughs> well, you go, girl. So let's get <laughs> into some of your WTF moments for 2015. You're a very you're a young person for for the type of job that you do, uh, public representative and so on. So you obviously get to see. Uh, a lot of WTFs that the, that the average young person around our ages, your age, uh, don't get to see. So please, uh, share with us some of the WTF moments and try not to turn this into a campaign speech. Uh, <laughs> let's, let's try and not include the ANC in this, uh, <laughs> your own personal WTF moments of 2015. Well, um, to be honest, uh, when, um, Andrew spoke to me, I just thought of a lot of a random WTO moments, and none of them personally has to do with me. I was just thinking about the world and South Africa in general, and I thought that that would make for uh, a more lighthearted and funnier conversation. So mm. I have about 10. Um, do you want 10, me to 10, 10, jeez. How you, long do we oh, have in Bali? Overachiever. Oh, I didn't know which is the people, so I thought always, about 20 things. No, always take us better than that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Always has to be better than everyone else. Eh? 10, <laughs> my God. Okay, hit us up. Okay. Let's go. Okay, so my first WTF moment is probably um, Minister Fiyu Limbalula's Twitter the whole year. I think that he is one of the funniest <laughs> people on Twitter and 
makes politics really interesting. Do you think he's Japan, got a team? Do you think he's got a team that's tweeting on his behalf? Or do you think it's just him? I mean, nah, I think it's all him. You think that guy, <laughs> I mean, that guy's just on another level, hey? I love his tweets, they're hilarious. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, then I have Japan beating SA in the World Cup. I think everyone was like, what the TF is going on here? Mm-hmm. Um, I've got Herman Aledi, big thing for South Africa. Why, why was that a WTF? Uh, just uh, the whole female team that was there, uh, the way that they've you know, been trying to do this for such a long time and the fact that it was such a big moment, uh, possibly scientifically, and it's been in our country. And then, of course, the reaction by our leaders into what they were saying about evolution, which I thought was incredibly disappointing. Um, but I think we'll look back on the human that really find and the... Um, anti-scientific use of our senior leaders as an interesting time in our history in 2015. Mm. Um, I think the Carissa University attack were mm-hmm. a big what's the CF moment. Uh, obviously, that's uh, not here, but I thought it was interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Steve must fall, obviously. Big thing in South Africa. Very great to see youth coming out um, and just South Africans really uh, getting behind something um, that transcended a lot of different categories that we often find ourselves in different sides of in South Africa. Um, of course, and of then, course, Mbali. So, of course, uh, Fismas Fall was a big news item, but what mm. what within it was a WTF for you? Wow. Um, I mean, I, I think there was a big racial element to it that you saw playing out on social media that I really hadn't expected from uh, sort of senior analysts and academics and the way that they were, uh, how should I say, uh, critical but in a racial sense from some of the uh, student leaders that were leading the, mo- the movements. I, that was WTF for me because I really thought that people in those positions would have at least by now um, understood uh, things like white privilege, things like the lack of access that many students in our country have. I mean, I think it was shocking because I think it takes us back a little bit and where we think the fight is in that mm. uh, particular realm. Mm-hmm. Um, then I would obviously say two big ones: Donald Trump on a speech in Mexico, uh, calling them rapists. <laughs> the big wall, calling them rapists, uh, calling them lazy. I thought that was big, uh, and uh, radio. What the? They said that on radio. You may say that on on an radio. <laughs> Go ahead and say it. We just lost Mbali. Hmm. Yeah, we there. got censored. Right? <laughs> just, censored. Just, as, just as we were about to allow her to say oh, it. Oh, my word. They hung Bali censored, up. Censored. It's, uh, that's uh, very interesting. I like that a lot. Okay. Uh, let's keep going here. We got to, you know, she gives us 10. Let's, let's move on. I mean, she's a very cool person. Uh, look out for her. She's a DA youth leader. She had a huge, huge run in with, um, with uh, Helen Auntie Zola. Helen uh, last year mm. and seems to have come out the better side of that. I would love to ask her what's changed uh, at the DA. We need to try and get her back on. Let's try and get her back on just yeah, so yeah, we, can, yeah. we can ask some questions. In the meantime, another trendsetter amongst the WTFs is uh, Shaka Sizulu. He's online with us right now. Shaka, good morning to you. What's up, man? Thank you for joining us, man. We are talking what the fuck moments 2015. Excuse my language to all those listeners who what are still conservative. But I know you don't have a problem with that. What <laughs> <laughs> the fuck are you talking about? Shaka, Shaka, <laughs> you see how you Shaka I saw you on the dance floor on Saturday and I said to myself, what the... F- 
Yeah, because you fucking didn't know I could get down like that. <laughs> <laughs> right, what the what WTF moments 2015? Jago, what are your WTF moments in 2015? What moments left you like flabbergasted, like jaw on the floor stuff? Um, of course, the number one thing was um, how could we even like contest this? Was Drake fucking McNeil up? <laughs> <laughs> wow. No, wow! No, no, listen. I mean, there's been a couple. Starting out from, I think Rose Must Fall was the first one, and then uh, we saw uh, student movements, uh, you know, anti-colonial movements, but e-colonial movements, um, and uh, most of the major universities, especially the the formerly white universities. And then that thing really just kind of carried on throughout the year. We saw an occupation at Rhodes. Uh, you know, we, 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 we saw protests at some of the other different universities, Stellenbosch. And then eventually we saw Fees Must Fall. So, and that was, I think, an incredible movement. So incredible energy starting. Basically, young people, um, um, I suppose, asserting their space, basically saying, look, this is, this is, a new generation and drawing a line in the sand. So that was a big what-the-fuck moment. Shaka, so it was a big moment in South Africa's history. What specifically was the WTF in that? What, what, what was it that you, that you... Or what was the moment within that whole narrative that was playing out? Did you stand back and say, oh my goodness, was, even I... A couple of things. A couple of things. Mm. I think one is... You know, uh, for a very long time... Um, I'm not for a long time... South Africa, uh, there's been this narrative that's been built that, look, South Africa is deracializing and everything is now about class. And then you find that you have these middle-class black and white kids who are in the university space, you know, and who suddenly become um, a proponent of social justice, basically saying, no, society isn't fair and this isn't a deracialized space. We need to deracialize the space. And that needs to be okay for blackness to thrive, and and which I think is a big what the fuck, particularly given this really strong narrative that says no, 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 everything, everything is all equal, especially if you have money as a black person. If you have money as a black person, then you're just as good as a white person. It's fine. So then you have all of these, you know, black people come from a, a middle class background saying, nah, that's not the case, and we are going to fight for uh, the upliftment of blackness. I think that is a big what the fuck. The fact that uh, you had people who are aligned to uh, oh, oh the, the 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 non-politicization. So many of the student movements they were not aligned to any one political structure, and then when you did have people aligned to political structures, they. Shaga, Shaga, I'm gonna I'm gonna catch you there just for two seconds. Your line is really bad. We're gonna try phone you back. Uh, we want to hear what you have to say because you are so interesting all the time. So give us two seconds. We're going to phone you back. And uh, let's get Mbali back on the line in the meantime. Uh, we'll pull that through. Shaga Zizulu is joining us, telling us his WTF moments. What are your WTF moments? Hit us up on WeChat or at uh, Yebo underscore L-E-V-Y or uh, at Rory Shabalala. And we will read out some of those tweets, some of those WeChats in just a little bit. Mbali is back online with us. Mbali, hello. Are you there? Great, great, great. Okay, you were at like number seven. Hit us up with the rest of your <laughs> WTF moments. Uh, so my next one is going to be Trevor Noah hosting his first daily show and obviously representing South Africa. I thought that, that was a great um, WTF moment for all of us and just a part of our homeboy for making it 
all the way to obviously one of the greatest platforms in the world at the moment. Um, Mbali, again, so it's a big news story. What is the WTF? What was in that whole thing? What was the thing that was like, oh my goodness, WTF? I mean, I guess it's opening joke. Uh, just about South Africa was quite what WTF. When you spoke about the Twitter, I thought it was interesting, but I thought it was done in a way that one, we could definitely understand at home and would be interesting to Americans. But the whole thing, I think, is, you know, WTF. You don't have many uh, people cracking that um, uh, industry to the extent that he has in America. And I thought that it was uh, great for us. Tell me something, uh, Mbali, just on a, a little bit of a more personal level. Um, you obviously have had your run-ins with Auntie Helen, and uh, and now we have a new leader, Musi Maimane, who is who's overseas <laughs> at the moment. Has anything changed at the DA? Changed how? Well, you tell me. I just want to know if anything has changed since Auntie Helen left and uh, Musi Maimane has has come in. Is there? Have you noticed a big change? Hmm. I will say that uh, obviously Missy's only come in since May, and I think uh, it probably takes some while before you can uh, firmly establish your own identity and character and leadership style that you want to take the party. Um, so for now, I'd say that uh, we're in a transitional phase of uh, trying to uh, understand Missy's vision um, and I guess getting behind him and the uh, what the new team and the new leadership wants to uh, say and take us to in 2016. Are we allowed to call you out on your bullshit right there? <laughs> <laughs> who's your favorite? <laughs> Bali, who's your favorite? Between Helen and Mushi. Yes. That wasn't a trick. That was not a good answer. <laughs> we, know, we know your thoughts on Helen. And if, you're, if your thoughts are the same on Mushi, that's a problem, eh? Mbali, we, we, you know, I mean, it's not like we all hang out or anything. It's uh, we are colleagues, and that's pretty much where it ends. But uh, I do think uh, Missy has an interesting sense of humor. So if I had to choose, I'd probably hang out with him. Mbali, we 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 have to wrap with you, unfortunately. But no you, problem. You certainly delivered a, a WTF to us earlier in the year when <laughs> we. When we invited you onto the show and then uh, somebody else decided to gag you, can you give us some insight into what was going on there? Because we really wanted you to uh, on the show. Uh, it was the Is the DA Really Racist show and we were keen and it was all set up. And then all of a sudden, we're not being told by you, we're being told by somebody else that you all of a sudden have meetings. It seems you weren't aware <laughs> of the meeting that you had. Somebody else knew and said you're not coming onto the show to discuss this. WTF, dude, what's going on? Uh, it's not as controversial as you think. It was just um, a matter of protocol, I think. Uh, the party preferred the actual party spokesperson to represent us on that particular topic. Ah. <laughs> well well played, Bali. Well played. I see. The DA has to be commended, though, for its leadership development program, and I, I imagine you're a product of it. And uh, at least they do a good job there. So so thank you very much, Bali, for... <laughs> Thanks for, for having me, guys. For being Great so story. deft in your responses. Yo, that was a great response, hey? <laughs> she is not happy with Musi. I'm waiting to see Lindiwe's return. All right, Shaya, you're back now. Um, hopefully you're in a better area. Let's talk to you quickly. Uh, your WTF moments, uh, your biggest one was Drake. That's not surprising since you're so political yourself. Um, <laughs> talk, talk us through some of the other things. Um... 
So, Wait, let me so, ask, no, let me ask was, this party guy. Let me ask this. This guy is a, this guy is a socializer, not a party. Like, let me not spread rumors. Mm. He's a socializer. Mm. Wherever there's a there's a social event, Shaga Zizula is there. Shaga, Casper, making Ape, me sound like Eco Mash. Listen, I've <laughs> I've seen your Snapchat, so you don't even have to go there. You don't look like Eco. Don't worry. <laughs> AKA and Casper might not be a good thing. Yeah, okay. AKA and Casper, you you've probably run into to both of them or one of them uh, throughout your year of socializing. Is this, this just all hype? I and actually bull? think they should have fucking continued. Like. Uh, in fact, I think they are kind of subliminary keeping the peace. Look, I think a big what-the-fuck moment was that I was saying someone, you know, what I found interesting about this year is how quickly uh, all the subliminal tweets amongst people have turned to dragging. So, like, on Twitter now, people get dragged. You know, like, who in it, you, and that's the beef between Casper. And they kind of went to the same more. Shaka, we were struggling to hear you. you Where are you? You're still in the club, it sounds like. Oh, my goodness. Can you hear me now? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so you're saying that the dragging? So I I feel like, well, you know, everyone on Twitter moved away from subtweeting each other last year Mm. to dragging each other this year. And I just feel like Casper and AKA did the same thing. They were just like dragging each other. I mean, they were like subtweeting each other for like 10 songs. (laughs) <laughs> then one day they just said, fuck that. Let's go. <laughs> Let's do this. You know? I mean, and Casper, Casper had like three districts. <laughs> he was so mad. Yeah, I know. <laughs> the, guy, the guy had an you album. Know? The guy AKA, had an album. AK's district. This is AK's district. He was not just dissing Casper. He's dissing everybody. <laughs> <laughs> I'm He's like, done. I've had enough I of love this. that line. <laughs> We talk, after he talks about his father, and he's like, I don't give a fuck what you say to me. All you bitches in the club look the same to me. And I'm like, I don't even know who he's talking about now. Yeah, no, definitely. I, I, I listened to parts of it. I was like, ah, what did I do? Because now we're all now we're all jealous about your, your Bentleys and all of that. I'm like, ah, dude, but what did I do? I was just an observer, and even I get shot. Stray bullets. No, fam. So I think if you look at, if you listen to these two remixes now, Roll Up Remix, <laughs> and the Juice Back remix. Both of them are back to stop tweeting each other, but they basically cutting everybody out now. So I think, I think that was a great what fuck moment that that beef actually emerged and they decided let's go at it. I wish it continues track yeah. after track. But it's a you know? it's a it, they should actually just uh, get us to fill up the dome so we can watch them beat each other up and get it over and done with. Eh? Look, I think also when Casper did fill up the dome, he just took things to another level. Mm. You know, so when Casper did that, he kind of daisied Nas. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> it's like he can be better than me lyrically, but fuck it, I'm I'm making this money and I'm doing bigger things. Yeah. Mm. So, so, so wrap us up on your on your other one. The biggest, the, the, well, the one big what the fuck moment is that you guys still have a show. <laughs> <laughs> well, a bigger WTF is we still invite you. <laughs> wow, 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 wow! You're not gonna have words after this show. You're know, <laughs> Gareth's going to come on and tell us his WTF moments in just a little bit. Shaka uh, Zizulu, anything from uh, the ANC that WTF'd you? Yeah, the fact that we're still holding elections the same way. Bit of a fuck up. Um, we've had three elections this year. Women's League elections, Youth League elections, and KZN elections after like lots and lots of 
you know, after lots of attempts to get it right. And <clears throat> there's clearly something not working with the ANC's internal electoral processes. The fact that we haven't addressed it, the fact that we had an NGC, made a lot of pronouncements, a lot of things, but haven't gone down the road of electoral reform is a big what the fuck for my party. Mm. Shaka, as we, 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 we release you after after insulting us like that, we've, we've decided that we've had enough of you. Um, yeah, whatever, man. <laughs> tell us, the, another WTF that was delivered was the ANC Women's League uh, marching on behalf, in defense of uh, President Jacob Zuma. It, it delivered a, a big WTF to us. Did it oh, the line is really bad. Well, that's a good excuse. That's a good excuse right there. That's exactly how our politicians have done it. The line is really, really bad. Oh, wow. Wow. There that is. Okay, so you guys can use it. I can't. The line is really bad, guys. Really nice chatting with you. Look at this. Shagazuri, what the fuck? Thank you so much for joining us. Hey, listen, we'll catch up with you again, hopefully, when we're not fired from the show because of your remarks. Thank you so much. Catch Shaga on Twitter at Shaga Zizulu. Um, he is Max Zizulu's son. Max Zizulu used to be the house speaker for, uh, 1994, uh, through till 19. I'm sorry, I can't get, I, I Absolutely can't. fascinating. Let's do this, man. Future of South Africa. On my shoulders, I carry the hopes and dreams of generations to come. I'm eager to learn, but even more eager to use my knowledge for good. I know that it's not where I come from, but where I'm going to that really matters. At Sibania Gold, we believe our youth is worth its weight in gold, which is why we are so committed to developing, nurturing, and grooming our young people into future leaders. Sibania Gold, we are one. All right, so the other person who made big headlines this year, we're going through them if you've just joined us on the show. Welcome to it. It's the WTF 2015 show. The people that were in the headlines, we are speaking to them about their WTF moments uh, throughout the year. Someone who has been in the headlines a lot uh, this year is Mbuisen Ndlozi from the EFF. And uh, we're going to get him on the line in just a second. Do you want to say something before we speak to him? No, no, no. I'm just saying you, we were getting great uh, WTF moments from uh, WeChat. Uh, you seem to have delivered a WTF for one of our listeners. Mark Mapori says, My favorite WTF moment was when Levy reprimanded his guest, Viva and Drew. <laughs> <laughs> you see, now look at this. Now I'm going to get reprimanded by the management here. Yeah. Mbui good morning to you. Thank you so much for joining us on the show today. It is WTF 2015. You had some WTF moments. Uh, uh, tell us a little bit about them. Well, uh, there were lots. I mean, uh, all of which have to do, of course, with uh, with politics. And uh, thanks. I mean, I, I, I should have uh, greeted the listeners best. And thanks for having us on your show. But, I mean, uh, all the ridiculous rulings in Parliament that got us kicked out uh, uh, were all shocking. But most recently, you know, there is a, a guy who does not have uh, coherence in the ANC uh, cabinet. You know, the WTF moment was when he said uh, quite recently last week, his name is K.D. Mapadwe. Mm. He said that uh, there are people who are going to uh, there are counter-revolutionaries who are going to bomb how train <laughs> because they want to change the government in South Africa. <laughs> 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 You know, you know, we said I have never heard you laugh. So this this must have been a real WTF for you. <laughs> because, because you are thinking to yourself, man. I mean, really, how how unintelligent is our intelligence in this country? I mean, leave leave the assertions that Philippa Donzella, 
Julius Malema, yes, and the Lindy were are are CIA spies uh, who are in South Africa to destabilize the government. I mean, it, it took on a different turn, and that was no. Actually, there are people who are going to form house train, and then because they want to destabilize, you know, the rule <laughs> of the ANC. Yeah, uh, that's just the paranoia that has gripped uh, the ruling party signified by the statements of that guy. And often he represents President Zuma because he was saying that that's what President Zuma told the National Executive Committee of the ANC. I think that takes the trophy. Mbuiseni, of course, uh, you and I used to sit on opposite sides uh, during the election campaign and argue vociferously. You won. You're in Parliament. I'm not. You're just Uh, a radio (laughs) DJ now. <laughs> All I could there, do, right? and they used to tease me. Him and Floyd used to tease me and say, eh, "We're leaving Bramfontein and going to Cape Town. Where are you going?" So, well, there you go. You you won, and I lost. But I'm looking at you, and sometimes I think I got the better deal, my friend. You're sitting in Parliament, like WTF? How does it feel to just sit there? Do you feel you're having the impact that you had hoped you would have? Sometimes I look at you and I'm like, "Hey, yeah, I'm not sure how I would have coped." You you make a powerful speech, and then somebody just laughs at you and then there's no recourse how does it feel and WTF is going on in that parliament yeah it's a permanent WTF moment there in parliament <laughs> but, WTF but moment. there are two audiences in parliament there's the there's the general public which is important um, and there's there's you know your colleagues there of other different parties uh, and, and howlers most parties, uh, you know, they, they segregate their members. ANC has too many. And uh, and so the segregations and the class is much more articulated than in other parties that are much more smaller. So there are people in parliament whose, whose job is to howl. There's nothing else they understand. They don't write a single speech. They don't write a motion without notice. Have we checked their qualifications on howlers? Because we should really do that as well, you know? We, we probably need some, we need a show that will pay attention to that parliament and start giving annual awards. The best howler, <laughs> first runner-up, second runner-up. The best sleeper, you know? the best sleeper the, in town. The, 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 the sleepiest the sleepiest of them all. Mbuiseni, <laughs> We want to sleep. Mbuiseni, give us a sense. Give us a sense. Again? Give us a sense. Who would you give the sleeper of the year, of the of the year award to, and who would you give the sleeping tablet award to? The one who actually puts you to sleep. There are people. There, I mean, there's a there's a majority of ANC people who go there to speak. Mm. Uh, uh, you know, they, they they put us to sleep. Because, like who? Give us a name. Uh, they read a, well. When President Zuma reads, we want to see. <laughs> okay. <laughs> you, you, <laughs> when President, he must just not read, you know. Once he starts reading, you either get a lot of shrinking and panicking on his behalf, or you literally sleep. Particularly when he reads the state of the nation. He's going to read for like 40 minutes, my man. And that's not nice. That's the worst 40 minutes in your life. Because the dude... Can't read. Is that is that why you point of ordering every time? He breaks a word into sentences. (laughs) There is a rule. There is a rule in Parliament that says a member of Parliament must not read the notes. He must only refer to them. But majority of the time, he must speak. There's such a rule in Parliament. 
So Mbuiseni, t- tell us a little bit then. Your, so you have a problem when he reads. You also have a problem when he decides not to read and he starts laughing. So WTF, dude? Where? What? What must the man? What must can to happen now with the poor president? He must resign. <laughs> and the biggest thing that President Zuma can do, both to himself and the rest of us, is to resign. It's not helpful. There's nothing right he's doing. <laughs> so the the other thing we say that uh, is a big WTF for us uh, concerning the EFF is uh, dude WTF with all the songs and the gimmicks that you guys have do you have your own internal creative agency uh, listen up to some of these This sounds like Justin Bieber was your songwriter, for heaven's sakes. Come on. Tell us. Do you guys have like an internal creative agency? There's another song that I I want us to, I want us to play. Like you guys just keep them coming. (laughs) Tell us, dude. WTF, what's going on there? How do you guys keep coming up with these things? It's part of the struggle. Wherever black people gather, particularly Africans, uh, part of what happens is cultural creativity in the form of song, poetry. It happens everywhere. I mean, when someone is about to marry, if the family is truly on the ground, if it's shaped by the proper tradition uh, of the African spirit, if they're adherent to it, there will definitely be a song that comes out. So that's what happens in the EFS. And and we love singing. So uh, that's what happens. I mean, there's, there's always a new song that comes out talk about the struggle, to make the struggle accessible uh, and fashionable uh, and exciting. Mbuiseni, listen to this song and tell us if this is uh, if this makes the struggle fashionable. <laughs> You're loving this, aren't you, Rory? You are loving this, man. What songs did you come up with, man? These guys got to write. They got songs, man. They got songs. This is a hit, man. We said. Tell us, dude. What what about that song? What about that song makes the struggle uh, sexy? Iwewe, my man. Iwewe. Iwewe is Iwewe. It's the ordinary masses trying to understand and make sense of the sitting state president. But we don't seem to understand anything about him except that he can't be wewe. (laughs) <laughs> no. Okay. So, 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 so we said it. this is a lot of fun for you. I imagine. Help us. Can, can you just uh, belt out? I mean, your classic, the one that you're known for, Azania, my friend. Just like ten seconds of Azania. Just, just as a, because we, we still don't know how you guys come up with these things. So, so. From Cape to Cairo, I'm Morocco <laughs> to Madagascar. Hey. 
That's Humvee WTF. Wow. Firstly, I, I think uh, your voice is horrible and Randall and Idols would think so too. Uh, secondly, I think you need to get a card ready for uh, our friend Rory Sangshavalalia because he seems like he's ready to go. Here. He's ready to go I, here. They're going to call me all sorts of names if I flip flop. I, 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 I tried my luck. I failed. I am now sitting out. I'm going to watch this, this party. <laughs> the other one, the other one, the WTF moments. Obviously, there were a lot of media moments. Uh, they were calling out uh, the EFF numbers. Apparently, fifty thousand turned to five thousand overnight, which is really interesting. It's almost David Blaine like. But there was another moment as well when when a guy from the SABC, he Eben blah 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 blah, went after you. What was that about? Hey, I'm sure it's uh, it's mediocrity. Uh, that's the function of mediocrity. Let's let's about. let's hear what he has to say. Let's it's hear what he has to say. Question at all as to uh, the removal of these statues. It's not a removal of history. Statues represent the celebration, the commemoration, and the meaning of specific systems and governments. They represent the pride of the identity of that particular government or the people to whom those public spaces have been declared. And therefore, Paul Kruger, wait, Cecil Rhodes, Jan wait van Riebeck. He interjects uh, at some stage. And United Nations law, people who have presided over crimes against humanity. To that extent, they are guilty under our law, under international law, and they shouldn't have to be in the public spaces which Mr. are about the pride, identity, and values. Mr. As we Lossi, stand today. All over the world, there are statues that polarize. That is the nature of statues. It's the nature of history. There are polarizing figures in every, in, in every city in the world. In Washington, D.C., you have Albert Pike, who was a Confederate general who stands outside the White House, for instance. Statues, by their nature and their history, will always Here's polarize. Here's one example there. What, what do you think? What divides a nation is when you vandalize and you go about trying to diminish the culture and the history of people. Well, that, that quickly that quickly then descended and went downhill. Buiseni, <laughs> obviously that was a WTF moment. It wasn't your protest. It's not a hijack. You've it's hijacked hijack. it, yes. The entire, You've the mimicked entire a Arab student spree. protest. You've jumped the, on the bandwagon and you try to, to politicize this. Are you this. going to allow me to speak? Are you going to allow me to speak? Actually, I'm not going to allow you to speak anymore, <laughs> Mr. Lozzi, because we can't have a conversation. Let's move on. Eh? Brilliant, Brilliant. Brilliant. We are going to allow you Brilliant. to speak. Please. <laughs> Please. <laughs> Tell us about that WTF moment. <laughs> you know, you know, the problem is that I was in the Cape Town studios and he was in Johannesburg and I, I couldn't see the person I was talking to. Mm. I didn't know who is this person. That refers to Native Americans with a derogatory term calling them Red, Red Indians. Indians. I heard that, yeah. I, I, I couldn't follow and and it was it was a bit disorganizing because I couldn't see him. I was doing the interview from Cape Town and he was in Johannesburg. And uh and um I think I think the guy probably sits around the dinner table with his friends and uh, you know they they, they talk about on, on a range of issues and he feels very confident when he leaves that dinner table and when he does his interviews, he wants to, you know, impress his dinner table friends. But what is, uh, what is shocking 
is that it doesn't have the depth of knowledge on one hand, but on the other, the basic logics of political discourse. And so it was difficult because at the same time, it's trying to do, you know, the sort of British type of interviewing. Uh, and then it went down. I mean, he had to be suspended. It was very sad. He should have been fired. But, you know, <laughs> I'm, that sure, was, I'm sure you were super sad. <laughs> I'm sure you're super <laughs> sad about that. <laughs> I'm told he used to be a sports broadcaster. I'm told he used to be a sports broadcaster. <laughs> Well, Before it, you go to the, the political news. <laughs> well, you didn't allow the so, pirates to interrupt the Kazakhstan either. Nabatong EFF had one or two as well. There was the whole Andilim Klitama moment. What happened there? WTF? Why were people being thrown out? Why were people being chased around? You just well, chased happened? the guy what down happened? the streets of Cape Town and you see Andila, you see he's, he's not... <laughs> How could you guys do that? I w- saw Andila the other day. He doesn't look no, happy. No, no, WTF. WTF from Buiseni. What happened? Hey, I'm also in your position, my man. I don't know what happened. Hey, I am running um, a great marathon in the, in the Cape Town. Hey, I fight down, but you know we came out and and said, no man, that's not correct. That's not how you deal with disagreement. Hey, Mar Kalwa Muleleki, so I'm on the ticket. Kriyamawe. I know. I we said get out of here, man. You, we've had enough of you. <laughs> Thank you so much. Um, we said WTF moments much. of 2015. Uh, he's, he's got a, a lot of WTF moments and a, w, a lot of WTF moments Jeez. that uh, that they were involved in. But hey, let's let's. I, I he think, is a politician uh, on the on the rise here. He's a politician he is, on the rise. I think he's very impressive. So <clears> so look, I didn't like him when we were sitting on opposite sides of the of the argument, debating, and so on. Just from a from a pure, you know, he was on the other side. I was on the other side, but I think he's really he's really a sharp guy, mm. um, and and I think he's one to look out for. EFF, get your card ready. Okay, WTF moments 2015. One of the biggest WTF moments. It was the most downloaded song. It's not really a WTF moment. We just wanted to play the song. Let's be honest. baby. This is Cliff Central. Most downloaded song in 2015 uh, as voted by you, South Africa. It is Nomvula. Nomvula by, by Nati. Nati. Yes. What a nice song. What a, we don't normally play such nice songs on uh, on the radio right here. It's yeah, just beautiful. But, uh, it's, beautiful. It's, it's, it's one of those days. All right. So we've had some uh, really interesting people. We're into the second hour of Konza. WTF. What are your WTF moments? Hey, hit us up on Twitter. Hit us up on uh, WeChat. Hit us up on uh, on the phone. 0861-555-189. Kaya says, my WTF moment was pilots are glorified taxi drivers. Comment made by Kasati representatives. And, of course, Zoomers laugh. Killer! 
<laughs> I tried. I'm sorry. I tried. Let's get somebody who probably spends a lot of time with the president, uh, uh, Mr. Mzonele Mangi, who also came by our studios uh, earlier in the year. He was a great guest. Uh, Bam Zonele, good morning. Hi, 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 there, yeah, but I don't spend a lot of time with the children. That's not uh, factually correct. But uh, good morning, nonetheless. You see how you've already started. You see how you've already started with Mzwanele. You can't do that. You can't do that. Okay, I, I, I withdraw. I withdraw that Thank statement. You. All protocol, <laughs> All uh, protocol you know, observed. observed, observed. Bam Zonele, so t- <clears> we're <throat> discussing the WTF moments. Uh, you being of the older generation, do, does, does WTF mean anything to you? Yeah, no, 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 obviously, uh, because uh, I move in the circles with uh, all ranges of people. I see this, but it's not something I personally use, yes. but uh, I watch people use it uh, around me all the time, yes. Fantastic. So we're trying to figure out what are the big WTF moments of 2015, and we just wanted to get your sense. What are your biggest WTF moments of 2015 across South African society? You were tweeting about uh, uh, Julius Malema um, in in the UK recently. Uh, that might have been a WTF moment for you. What were the biggest WTF moments of 2015 for you? No, I think for me, I, I, I must say the biggest uh, one for me was the issue of uh, transformation that you know I had uh, relaxed hoping that uh, now all the transformation things that play everybody understands this is where we needed to go and then boom comes the uh, uh, the report by the Commission for Employment Equity and then they say black people at the top have rescinded they've come back from a 20 odd percentage point, percent, 28 20, 20% odd They've come down to like 13.4%, something like uh, to that effect. So that said to me, what the hell is going on now? Because I thought we're moving in the right direction. And then the next thing, then comes this other report, uh, uh, Jack Hammer report or something, Mm. to look at the number of CEOs, and it says black CEOs, in fact, away we were back in 2012. Mm. Then I said, my goodness, what is going on here? So for me, 2015, must go down as a year that uh, transformation went backwards, uh, as it were. It's the worst year that uh, in the transformation trajectory uh, that we've, uh, we've experienced. If you look at the guys that uh, uh, were all the people who thought would be extremely wealthy and all rich with E and everything, and if you look now, share, the share prices have crashed, so people have literally in the so-called paper millionaires, as it were. Mm. You know, there's only one or two people that have uh, survived the storm, but a lot of people uh, deal are just underwater. So I really think that uh, from a transformation, especially economic transformation, uh, that was a WF, WTF for me to say, my goodness, uh, just when I thought it was all going well, if, and in fact, it has gone backwards. Uh, I think that was a problem um, you changed your name this year as well back to its original original name which I loved um, so Mzwanele Mani used to be Jimmy Mani uh, still got the punch of Jimmy for sure um, <laughs> tell us uh, there's been a lot of uh, ANC moments the WTF moments you are a ANC stalwart were there any moments for you where you were like jeez guys what 
the yeah. hell was that about? Yeah, no, you, you're quite right. But uh, look, uh, ANC stalwarts must be reserved for the real people that have been in the struggle, etc. etc. <laughs> I am not in that category. Withdraw. You made me withdraw. I can be BMF stalwart, no problem. But ANC stalwart, no. But an ANC <laughs> supporter, member over a long period, no problem. But Stalwart, I think, must be the special status. Can Andrew, can Andrew please yeah. withdraw? Can we just pause? Andrew, withdraw. I'll withdraw the statement. Withdraw okay. the statement. But, but for I, me, what for were your me, WTF think, moments yes, in the ANC? But, yeah, but what, what I just did not appreciate, and it was that the WTF for me is seasoned ANC leaders that come out in public and do the very first thing that uh, you would think that people that love this organization would not do to go in public and lambast the organization. We're not saying the organization hasn't got mistakes, hasn't got uh, problems and so on, but you would think that salaries of the ANC, people that to look up to, when there are problems in the organization, they would go to the structures of the organization because they also have more than licenses than any other person to go to structures where the mere mortals like us would need to write a letter, but for them, it's a phone call they can get to NEC. It's a phone call they can get to the president. They can get to anyone. So, but instead so, they choose instead they choose to go to the media to do stuff in the media. All right. I really think that is ill-disciplined, and I don't want to mention names, but anybody that goes and uh, any ANC member that chastises the ANC in public has got no discipline. Let me know. mention his name. Khalema Motlante went into the media. Did you write any letters or make any phone calls to the president on some of the unhappiness that you have within the ANC? No, no, I did not write letters to the president or, 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 or anybody or into the media because if I had done that, I would have fallen into the same category of chastising ANC members in public. That's why I'm dealing with the principle here. And I'm not focusing on individuals. Have you done uh, it? Have you done it privately, Donald? Private? No, I haven't done it privately. But what we have done in the TPF, we are going to make a, a, a submission as the organization, uh, as TPF, to say for us, we we think that the discipline of the organization is slipping, and we don't want uh, more members of the ANC doing what the others have been doing. It has become fashionable now, and we just think it's unbecoming. Fantastic. Well, thank you very much, Bamzanella. We know that you have to run into a meeting, but we really appreciate you taking the time okay. out to, to share your WTF But, but before, before you cut me off, yes. I must say my, the highlights, it's important to say highlights, and the highlights for me for the year was a successful Progressive Professionals Forum uh, Anti-Corruption Summit, where the key issue here was to say, when you say corruption, that's not located only in government. Let's also understand that it's rife even in the private sector. And the numbers in the private sector corruption are staggering. They make the numbers in the public sector paid into insignificance. Not that it's not important to deal with it, mm. but the scale of uh, corruption in the pub, private in the in the private sector is just too much. Yeah, and I think the, one of the key issues is how we call it. And I think we use too much of a soft language, uh, and that masks uh, corruption uh, in the private sector. So the sooner we call it what it is. Uh, the better so that it can be dealt with uh, decisively. Lastly, we're very happy that Dr. Nkosa Zanazamini Zuma was uh, our keynote address speaker at our dinner. She made a, a, a very powerful input in there, so we remain very indebted to her. She left her uh, AU things to come and be with us, so we remain very indebted to 
the support that she gave to the Progressive Professionals Forum. Yeah, so corruption is a big WTF across South Africa. Thank you very much, Bamzanele, for that. I think a, a, a big WTF for us is also who's going to be the next president and whether that was just a, a punt for... for, for, for mm, that sounded like a bit Mrs. of a punt, Zuma. I must yeah, be honest. Yeah, yeah. There's so, a little punt right there. Mzanele, yeah. you haven't lost your touch. Eh? As a, Remember him being the spokesperson. Wow, he was fire. He was fire. Uh, another politician in in uh, well, on the show, not in studio at the moment. He's uh, in... in uh, KwaZulu Natal, I think. John John Steinhazen. Uh, he is part of the DA. He spent uh, many a day as the chief whip of, of the DA. He still is um, in Parliament uh, doing his thing. John, good morning to you. Thank you for holding. Good morning, guys. Thank, thanks for having me on the show. WTF moments of 2015. We've been speaking to a number of different people, politicians, socialites. Uh, what is your WTF moment? You lived through a lot of the parliamentary moments. Within those moments in 2015, what, when was your jaw just on the floor? I think that was when uh, we had the State of the Nation address and we suddenly realized that uh, uh, the signal had been jammed, uh, that the uh, state's intelligence services at the request of Parliament had brought in a signal jammer. Now, it's one thing to jam the signal, but it's another thing to come between politicians and their social media profiles. Uh, and so it became pretty evident almost as soon as we walked in that the signal had been jammed. Uh, everyone thought it was a, a signal fault at first, but then it became obvious that it was across all platforms. Uh, and that, I think, was a, a staggering moment, given the fact that Parliament should be an environment uh, where the public and uh, representatives are able to have a free change of ideas. I mean, that for me was a major one. Second one probably was when the South African Police Service were allowed to come into the Chamber of Parliament and physically remove members of Parliament. Uh, a complete breach of, of parliamentary privilege and protocol and I think that certainly had not only my jaw dropping, but I think most of the nation's jaws dropping uh, to the extent that Parliament and uh, the Speaker would go to protect President Zuma uh, at all costs. John, that's, a, that, that's quite a laundry list of WTFs. They are, most of them are directed at, uh, at, at uh, the ANC and so on. Uh, what were some of the WTFs uh, relating specifically to the DA that you, you, know, you felt... Um, Jeez, guys. Okay, this was a this is this was a real WTF moment, and we should we should we should try not to do more of those. Well, I'm the chief whips. I'm responsible for making sure those don't happen, and I think I do quite a good job at that. So, but I certainly think from the opposition benches, yeah. uh, I think that Willie Madisha's uh, taking on of Nelly Pandor and her accent had everybody <laughs> under their desks in Parliament <laughs> having a really great laugh. And even on my toughest days here in Parliament. If I'm ever feeling down, I put on that clip and it's enough to bring a smile to anybody's face. And I think <laughs> you're even diverting, the presiding John. You're crazy. diverting. You're deflecting. You're deflecting. So, so that is a very funny moment. I, I agree with you, but uh, come on. Are you saying you have had a 100% record? No WTF moments from, from the DA? Well, I think the WTF moment uh, from my side came very clearly when uh, what I'd said in the House uh, about Mike Masuta's interpretation of the rules of Parliament was suddenly turned into me uh, you know, having attacked a blind person, and obviously the ANC's manufactured outrage on that. So, I mean, probably we could have put things a bit better then, uh, but I certainly don't think it warranted the manufactured outrage that uh, that came out uh, after that. I mean, I certainly never said anything about his impaired sight. I was referring to his uh, very poor grasp and interpretation of the rules.
And uh, of course, there was the broken man speech moment. Um, and j- just w- what was that like immediately after that uh, that speech was uh, was delivered by uh, the DA leader Musi Maimane? Uh, WTF did it feel like to deliver to 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 see him delivering that speech? And you're probably part of crafting it as well. Um, how how was that moment? Yeah, it was really good seeing the lines delivered in the house. Obviously, when you put stuff on paper and you're involved in the preparation on a speech, uh, you know, it's, it's, it looks really good on paper, but it all comes down to delivery. And I think that's where Musi Maimani is particularly good. He's able to deliver uh, the lines and the, and, the, and the political blows very, very effectively. And it was very clear that those lines rattled the president. You could see on the president's face immediately that it, it cut through the, the thick skin that politicians have, or thin skin in the case of the deputy president, uh, and really got to him. And I think that was very evident in his response. After years of ignoring previous leaders of the opposition, um, he responded very directly to those lines uh, when the president uh, did his reply to the State of the Nation address. And obviously that's always a sign for us that we've got through the sound barrier and he's actually heard what we were saying. So I think his, uh, you know, his uh, mocking tone, etc., after it's actually masked, lines that had cut deep into the president uh, and obviously affected him at quite a deep level. Let's talk about some of the the WTF moments that I have observed um, from the DA, John. Uh, One of them was the Stellenbosch debacle. Just clarify for us, because I think the whole of South Africa was going, WTF the DA, are you endorsing endorsing Afrikaans as being, you know, it must stay at Stellenbosch as the main language? What, What went down there? What went wrong? I don't think anything's gone wrong, and I think if one looks at the at the moves made by the university themselves now and their council, etc., is moving very much towards our position. We believe that uh, you should be entitled to whatever university you attend to be able to uh, attend lectures and to be able to study and write exams in the language of your choice. Uh, what I don't appreciate is the fact that um, Afrikaans is just simply seen as a language you know, of a bunch of old white men sitting around a table. The majority of Afrikaans speakers, particularly in the Western Cape, are black South Africans. And so, uh, you know, I think that the ANC attempting uh, and others attempting on on a regular basis to cast uh, the Afrikaans language as somehow an un-African language and to cast it as, you know, a language, a dying language of, of a few you know, for crumb to old men is completely wrong. It is a living language. It is an African language, and it's recognized as one of our official languages. And I think that, you know, university autonomy uh, should decide on, on what languages are, are spoken. And, you know, I don't think it's uh, an area that needs to become a political football. John, do you think that makes sense so that every everybody gets to choose with 11 official languages, the limited resources that we have, um, very few universities and so on? Is that even a practical proposition? And, and why, why can't we just... Uh, uh, remove Afrikaans and just make everybody do this in English, as 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 most as the majority of South Africans are expected to to do. Because I think our constitution is very clear about the protection of minority of minority rights and also the protection of, of languages. And the constitution enshrines the right of people to be taught in in their in their home language and the language of their choice. And what I think we should be doing is uh, trying as far as possible at universities around the country to accommodate people's mother tongue languages as far as practically possible. Obviously, you know, where you have a language that's spoken by a very, very small minority, it obviously makes it very difficult. But I certainly believe that at universities like the University of KwaZulu-Natal, we should be expanding the use of Isizulu uh, at, the, at that campus because it is by far the majority language spoken in that province. 
Uh, and there but, is, but you Zulu, know, is Zulu is also the majority language spoken across the whole country. So should we make is Zulu the official? The well, official I certainly think we across? should be offering it, offering, uh, offering lectures and uh, material in people's home languages. I think that's, you know, that's what the constitution says that we should be protecting people's rights to be able to be taught in their mother tongue. And so we should be adopting a policy of addition, not a policy of subtraction. John, I, I'm, uh, so, so this is the WTF show. I'm having a big WTF moment uh, with that response, but uh, I think we Why? need to... Why? We, we no, need wait, to, wait. Why are you to, having that response? No, 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 because we don't, we have got limited resources as a country. So we know that it's a long-term play to say, all, you know, we're going to offer university tuition in the, in the mother tongue. So right now we've got a constraint. So to say, no, 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 let's, let's preserve Afrikaans as the only one that, that, that we can teach apart from English. Let's preserve Afrikaans while we wait for the others to come on board. I just don't think that makes sense. I think if we, if we're going to make this equitable and if we are a party, as the DA says it is, of, of equality, then let, let's make things equal right now. Let's make sure that everybody has the same, at least we all have to speak English. Um, that's something that myself as a second language uh, English speaker and everybody else will jump on board. Maybe the English people will be the sole beneficiaries, but at least it's something we can compromise upon. So to then say, no, 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 we're, we're now, we're, we're going to defend this minority um, at the expense of everybody else. For me, it just doesn't, it does, just doesn't work. But hey, it's a, my WTF moment. It, it perhaps is not yours. John, any thoughts on that? Well, I mean, first of all, we're not a party of equality. I mean, that's, it's a very different thing. We're a party about equal opportunity. We have to provide equal opportunities for all South Africans to be able to uh, to access and improve their lives. And so, you know, that, that's, that's the first point. The second point is, all we're saying is that we believe it should be a policy of addition. By far, the, la- the, uh, the, the Afrikaans language is a dominant language in the Western Cape, where Stellenbosch is a university. I see no problem in, in offering the majority of the language spoken in the Western Cape an opportunity to be able to express at Stellenbosch. But obviously, we have to look at ways of, of introducing, uh, you know, other languages in there. So, what we're saying, don't exclude. Let's rather have a process of inclusion and, and a policy of addition, not a policy of subtraction. John, uh, thank you so much. I look forward to seeing that uh, policies being put out by the DA campaigning for uh, Zulu uh, in KwaZulu-Natal, Xhosa uh, in the Eastern Cape, and so on and so on. Uh, you're going to have a tough time in Johannesburg because there are so many dominant languages here of which English is not one of them. But good luck to you. We look forward to it. And thank you for joining us on the WTF show. Thank you very much for having me. Have a great day. John Steinhazen, he is the chief whip of the DA, whipping, uh, whipping his comments uh, around. Rory, you're not happy about him, eh? Why do you not like him? No, let's talk about it. Why do you not like him? No, you see, that, that comment, that, that comment just, for me, just did not make sense. So, again, as a matter of practicality, right, we, we're gonna have to wait for all of this to happen. Right. So, yes, it's a very, I think it's a cop out to say, no, we want everybody to be taught in their mother language. Of course, we want everybody to be taught in their mother tongue. How long is that going to take? And in the meantime, what are we going to do about it? So why don't we just put everybody, so like we're not about equality, we're about equal opportunity. What is that? What does that mean exactly? WTF. I'm like WTF <laughs> all over the place, but I'm like, fine, we will, we will address this. And, oh wow. Uh, let the show oh, go wow. on. So, but he did reference, he did reference the Willie Madisha moment. Yes. And, uh, for me, we, we, was, we had the, we had a, a, a viewer also on WeChat yeah, say, Titan. Titan saying his WTF moment was the Willie Madisha animal, animal noises. noises. How said. can we forget this? You see, some of us don't know English properly. 
and then uh, we can only come and say hong 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 like that honorable matisa yes hong hong honorable matisa hong hong honorable matisa that's the only thing that she knows honorable matisa now the sbc news oh wow oh wow really some of us don't know english properly and then uh, Honorable Matisa can only come and say Honorable Matisa Hong 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 like that. Honorable Matisa. Yes. Hong Hong Hong. Honorable Matisa Hong Hong. Honorable Matisa. That's the only thing that she knows. Honorable Matisa. WTF on the beautiful. Hong Hong Hong. What what animals that? No, I don't, it's, it's the lesser spotted duck. I mean, for heaven's sake. <laughs> Gareth Cliff joins us in studio. Of course, lots of uh, WeChats going through uh, uh, Twitter as well. Uh, 10.29. We are talking what the fuck moments. 2015. We've had a whole bunch of politicians, uh, socialites in studio. Gareth Cliff, obviously now an entrepreneur and broadcaster. You know him well. Uh, we just, before we get to him, there was an interesting Mbalintuli we spoke to earlier who's part of the DA. said her, one of her WTF moments was a 17-year-old Nick Farrell running for the party leadership against Helen Ziller. That happened this year as well. <laughs> Which just shows to me that how off-putting and out there the DA is. Maybe Nick would have been better than John, actually. Stop picking on the DA, man. Me? I'm picking on the DA. Weren't <laughs> yes, you the you one are. who was just WTFing everywhere? Let, let, let's jump to another WTF. Shaka Sisulu said uh, his biggest WTF is that we still have a show. So, boss, president yeah. of Cliff Central, <laughs> explain yourself. WTF, I, do we still have a show? I love this show. I think uh, you guys cause a huge amount of trouble. <laughs> I love it. This is very controversial here. It all happens. Tell me something, um, boss man Gareth. You are... You you are all over Twitter like a badass. One million followers this year. I mean, WTF, who the hell follows you? I have no idea. Well, Andrew but, Levy. <laughs> but uh, what were your big... I don't w- know if Rory does. No, <laughs> I don't think no, he, no, does no. he does. He doesn't want to hear uh, you. I think he only you. follows Justin Bieber. <laughs> I'm a big fan. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm a big fan. I'm not you better follow him now. Part. Talk to us. What are your WTF moments 2015? Um, mostly provided by Mbui Seninglozi. But oh, not really? not okay. because not because they were insane moments, but because they were so true in in a parliament that was otherwise insane. Mm. Like he was one of the few people who made sense. Mm. And even though uh, a lot of his politics are not necessarily the kind of politics that I would espouse, I love the honesty. I love the frankness. I love the fact that this guy is smarter than than people twice his age in parliament, mm. who think they can tell him what to do. Mm. Um, and he's just he he really is a voice of reason. And when he is, he's unafraid, man. I love that guy. He, he says to the president, stop laughing. This is not the Trevor Noah show. It makes me happy. <laughs> yeah, is, yes. You know, cause he, that's how we're all feeling. Yeah, Gareth, so you, you obviously responded to all of these WTF moments. You, your, your, your rants are now famous and so on. When are you going to join Buisen in parliament so you can deliver a direct? But no, listen, this is an interesting thing because there used to be a, a, a part of my, I don't know, part of my, my, dream my ideal that one day i'd go into politics but now i can honestly tell you it's the last thing i'd ever want to do Mm. i mean it's a horrible world being in politics you have to kiss babies you have to pretend you like (laughs) people who you don't you have to compromise constantly and you have to battle to survive Mm. and the best politician in this country without any doubt over the last 25 years is is get little i mean he just survives turn after turn you could throw anything you want at him. Nothing sticks. He just laughs it off. He's completely psychopathic. 
So you've also. But he you, puts himself out. I mean, he's, <laughs> he is, he's number one, right? <laughs> you've also you've also had things to say about Bruce Jenner, and he recently received the, the he won the woman of the or she won the woman of the year award. Uh, WTF, dude? Um, yeah, I find it kind of a, a little appalling an indictment of women that someone who's only been a woman for about half a year. <laughs> Has one woman of the year. Does that mean that you've all been those, working, you've been working all your life to be a woman, yeah. and then the guy? Sorry, ladies, that. you were born a woman. You've lived, you've stri- strived most of your life against male uh, domination and suppression, which is a, a fact of life. And some people would say sexism is way bigger a deal than, yeah. than, than racism or bigotry or homophobia or any of those things. But here are all the women of the world standing there watching. Oh, it has to go to a man. Even being a woman <laughs> must go to a man. Must go to- <laughs> Really? You're going to even take that one, guys. Nice. Exactly. And also, political correctness, and we often talk about identity politics on this show and and, uh, and on my show. But I think, um, you know, this has been the year of of people uh, and identity politics coming to the fore and of people sort of finding their their little lager. And and even this morning it came up a couple of times, you know, with the Stellenbosch University. They're missing opportunities here to integrate. And – you either have to be – we've reached a point in South Africa now where you have to decide to be a part of this country and to be a part of the future of this country or you actually need to find your own place somewhere else in the globe. Buy an island, go to Australia, do whatever makes you happy. But this place needs integration in a serious way now. It's been interesting over the, over the last year. Obviously, we're after your show, so we pick up quite a few of your listeners listening to us as well. And a lot of them have very extreme views, uh, you know, white views specifically about, you know, where this country is going and the government is bad. How do you deal with those people on Twitter that, that continue to bombard and, and badmouth the South Africa that we know today? There are, there are people on both sides who are very unreasonable. I mean, I like to... On a, on a good day, I just love this country to pieces, and there's just nothing that can put me off. You could say the most horrible, negative, pessimistic, downright atrocious things, and I'll just laugh you off. On a bad day, though, it gets to me like any of us. Mm. And on a bad day when you've know, reached the end of a year where the economy is not great, where, for example, Pick It Up is on strike and the whole city stinks <laughs> and our, our Gauteng provincial legislature looks like a dump. Mm. And I think this is not good. Mm. And it's not because I care about what people internationally would think. It's because we have so little self-worth that we've got to a point where we've lost the ability to discuss, even argue, even conflict with each other in a sensible, reasonable way. And instead, we have to turn over rubbish bins like children. And the management are not prepared to budge. And this woman who they want out won't leave. And it's just all so childish. Like, you know, let's have a, let's have some kind of consensus. There's got to be something we have in common. Do you think that the reason we've got to the rubbish bin state is that because no one is listening, management leaders have just stopped listening. They don't care about the, the voiceless, the small people, that the only way to be heard is to make the city Quite literally stick. But it's because it comes from the top. Our president doesn't listen to us anymore. Mm. He's not interested in people. He's not interested in um, in, in, in sensible uh, discussions over things that he might disagree with someone else on. And I'm not talking about the opposition even here because the EFF have been goading him for a long time. And I understand that he just has to laugh them off because he can't take them seriously. It would be the end of him. Mm. He wouldn't have any political capital left if he if he decided to sit down with them because they would steamroll him with their better ideas better, mm. but here's the deal um we're not listening to each other 
but we all want to shout and we all want to scream. And it's partly the growing, the, 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 the stages of, you know, when a kid goes through their growing pains and they're kind of not sure whether they're an adult or a, an, a, an adolescent or a child anymore. And, and we've got to a point now, thanks to social media and thanks to freedom of expression, which I will always back. I'm a freedom of expression absolutist. Mm. I'll back that 100%. But the, the result of that is that we're going to go through a couple of years where everyone's going to be shouting and no one will be listening. And until we get to the point where people start listening again, you know. So, Gareth, uh, Cliff Central itself uh, mm. is, is a platform that has done a lot of things. So, number one, freedom of expression seems to be at the heart of, of the values of the station, right? It's uncensored and so on. Um, but you're also, you're also incubating talent, right? You know, Absolutely. new people coming on. So, WTF as a listener, what is going on here? Uh, what's, yeah. what's next? What comes next? Um, uh, three oh, weeks ago, we had the expanded orgasm, which I saw has just gone to the <laughs> top of the charts as one of our yeah, shows. Yeah, yeah. We have animal shows. We have kids shows. We have debating shows. We have shows like yours, which are really thought provoking and will make people, um, Hopefully, understand concepts like privilege, which you did a four-part uh, special on, in ways that they wouldn't get a chance to interrogate them in normal media. Because the problem with writing is you can't hear tone. Mm. And that counts for social media, too. So if you say something and I can hear you laugh, Roy, mm. it makes mm. me far more willing to take on Engage board that. Mm. the sensible parts of what you're saying, as well as, as enjoy the process of listening. Um, there's something about storytelling that is a very African thing, too. And when... We have shows like we do, and we have the kind of programming that we – the diversity of programming that we have here. It makes me very proud that we're giving a home to amateurs who are becoming professionals because there's nowhere to train in radio, professional uh, commercial radio at the moment. There's nowhere to train in professional commercial television. And anybody can write a blog, but that doesn't necessarily mean you'll get an audience. Here we're going to get you an audience. And – I love the fact that our audience can be exposed to absolutely anything and they can still choose at the end to be curators of their own content. But there's this opportunity to explore whole worlds outside your little lager. Mm. Gareth, uh, we saw you after this moment um, and I want to talk a little bit about uh, Parliament. Indeed mm. allowed one powerful man to get away with too much for far too long. <laughs> Members, this honorable man is in our presence here today. Honorable President, in these very chambers, just five days ago, you broke Parliament. Please understand, Honorable President, when I use the term honorable, I do it out of respect for the traditions and conventions of this august house. But please don't take it literally. For you, Honorable President, are not an honorable man. You're a broken man presiding of a broken society. See, you're willing to break every democratic institution to try and fix the legal predicament you find yourself in. You're willing to break this parliament if it means escaping accountability for the wrongs you have done. You see, on Thursday afternoon, outside this very house, members of parliament were being arrest arrested and assaulted by your riot police. What do you think about that, Mr. Cliff? 
what I think of what Musi Maimani, what Musi Maimani is saying. Well, let's let's go back to to where it started. Parliament being stormed by by uh, the latest Star Wars stormtroopers, um, the men in white shirts. Mm. You were very upset that day. You had a, mm. a good rant that was picked up on. And uh, when we came into studio, you were you were very down on life and, and down yeah. on South Africa. What was going through your head at that moment? The EFF, like every other citizen in this country or any other representative body, NGO, political party, have every right to say what they think. And if what they thought at that moment was pay back the money, which is frankly what the whole country was thinking, and it doesn't suit the president or Balagambete, they have no right to exact physical violence on them. This is not a police state. Mm. I mean – this is the kind of behavior that the brown shirts conducted in Nazi Germany in the 1930s. The Munich Putsch. This, this is not the country I, I want to be a part of. I said freedom of expression means a lot to me. And it upsets me when the people who we regard as the custodians of these rights and liberties, which have been so hard fought for, are the ones who betray us. Mm. It's like being in an abusive marriage. And your husband keeps saying to you, he loves you, but he keeps beating you. Mm. It's not right. It just It's sick. It's an unhealthy way for society to interact with the leadership, with the lawmakers, with the, the, the executive, with the bureaucracy, and with the people who are expected to execute those laws, the police. All right, let's let's get out of parliament and let's just look at broader society. Let's look at ourselves. Let's look at mm. the ordinary man in the street. Gareth, what are the other WTF moments that you that have made your eye just the way you are right now? Your eyebrows stand uh, on them. Fees must fall. Yeah, a, a really powerful moment where something that people thought was just a social media thing spilled over and became action, mm. and resulted in the president having to stop his daily things. And meet with people and at the union building. He finally listened. Eh? He finally had to listen. But mm. we had to take it to that level, which is what Andrew was saying earlier about mm. people don't listen. If he listened earlier, he would have got this right. Mm. The fact that these students marched all the way from UCT to Parliament mm. and even the Minister of, of State Security didn't know that that was going to happen. Shows you how out of touch people are. Yeah, it's a, what and Bladen Zimande saying students must fall. Yeah. I mean, that was also an F, WTF. Yeah. That was just an F moment. Eh? Yeah, it was just an F. <laughs> yeah. That was just an F moment. Eh? That was just. Uh, Listen, know. we live in a really exciting time in this country. Mm. Everything about this place is way more exciting than almost any other country any in the world country. to be in. I agree with you. And we don't have international enemies. Mm. Like, you know, a lot of other countries have international enemies. They've got people who are waging war on them yeah. as we speak. We don't have to worry about that. Our war is an internal one, but it's mostly. We pretend that it's really fiery sometimes. We pretend that, oh, that people are polarized and they hate each other. But I don't see a lot of what's going on in America, for example, where the police are actively killing black people. Mm. You know, mm. the police force mm. in America mm. is actually mm. taking the lives of mm. black people mm. because they're wearing hoodies. Mm. Here in this country, we talk about racism and we talk about how much we hate each other and all that kind of shit. It very seldom results in action where people die, lose their lives, any of that stuff. A lot of it is to do with economic inequality and a lot of very serious societal problems. But these are second-stage problems, mm. and we should be proud of that. Like, that's one thing to be very happy about at 21. Don't accept this. We'll start our own movement. <laughs> students must fall. I mean, what a, what a douchebag. <laughs> he also just laughs at everything. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> laughs at it again. But let's let's take it to social media because we seem to also laugh at everything. So the, so these things happen, and we are not outraged. We're not in the streets. We we we're, we're also on social media, turning it into another meme, 
laughing about it. No, but it did what turn it, into what a street it, thing. What does it say? No, no. So uh, fees must fall and so yeah. on. But generally speaking, you remember mm. when uh, when the president came back and laughed and did the Ngandla thing? We turned it into a joke, right? So. Mm. What what does it say to us as individual citizens? What is it that we now need to start to do to try and minimize the number of WTFs that are happening? Or do we continue to also laugh with them? Because now they're, they're leading a choir of laughter. Well, you've got to roll with some of the punches, and I think you've got to choose your battles. And our battleground has got to be the voting and the elections. Our battleground has got to be the issues that affect our pockets. So it's got to be when they decide, because we're running out of money, when they decide, no, they're just going to tax everybody more, then we should take action mm. and actually withhold our taxes. Yeah. And when they say that um, places like the Northwest have billions being wasted on people that don't exist that are supposedly in the civil service, that's where we should stop paying any provincial fees. We should stop worrying about our municipalities until they fix them. And if we can't get them to fix them, by them, I mean the, the municipal governments, the regional governments, the provincial governments, all of those, whether it's the Western Cape or Gauteng or any of the other provinces, then what we must do is fix them ourselves. Mm. And Justice Malala's book, which I recommend to anyone, and he was on your show mm. not so long yeah. ago, is not only full of very honest appraisals of the, the mire we find ourselves in, but it's also full of possible solutions and very pragmatic ideas about what we can do to fix this. Don't give up. Don't take your kid out of a public school, put them in a private school. Fix the public school. Mm. Be a part of the solution there. Don't not go to a, a provincial hospital because you're too scared and take out plenty of uh, health insurance and go to a private clinic. Go to the provincial hospital and find out why it's not working and be part of fixing that. Mm. It's going to be a hard job, but we've, someone's got to do it, and it's not going to be the government. They've proven they can't. Gareth, a lot of uh, WTFs thrown around at different people, different organizations, the ANC, EFF, DA. What was a WTF moment for you where you were like, Flip, I I got that one wrong. I really got that one wrong. Sure. Um, Wow. I've stumped him. There we go. There's the moment. You have. Um, What did I get wrong? I get a lot wrong. I mean, I virtually have to correct myself on a daily basis. (laughs) Especially when you don't have a regulator on your back. Now you have to regulate yourself. That must be a lot tougher. Well, well, you'd be surprised because if I say something stupid on Twitter, I get nailed immediately, Mm. which is right. Mm. And if Mm. anyone says anything stupid or hateful or irresponsible on on social media, you should be. And the same goes for Cliff Central. We've got a smart audience. Mm. We've got a very in-touch audience. These are people who are well-informed. They don't need us to tell them the facts. Mm. They rather want to have a battle of opinions to see which opinion is better. Wins. So – We've got Tembayena uh, on WeChat who said, I would, I would vote Gareth uh, if he ever runs for president. Please give it a try, Gareth. You can be the first white president in a democratic South Africa. If Kanye can run, <laughs> life is full of possibilities. Save our land, Gareth. Run hey, for president. Let's not forget a radio DJ still running Madagascar. <laughs> exactly, right. exactly. There, there we go. You. There but, we go. But there's no, I can promise you right now, politics is not in my ambit anymore. Mm. Gareth, so uh, you, as, you, as, however, could be someone. No, nah, I'm done. I'm also, I'm, I'm done. You're out. Yeah, I've, 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 I've it's burnt given, you out. I've huh? given, I've given my best. Uh, let's, let's, let's see. It's sometimes you need to just sit it out and, and figure, figure things out. But the last thing, Gareth, I used to listen to you. I used to listen to you from the days when you were on seven or two at midnight. I had sure. to go to school the next morning, but it's like okay, that's how old you are. <laughs> 
Shut up, lazy. And, and 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 have seen you progress from there. And you go, you went to 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 the SABC and so on. And then you are here. We've got young people here. These are the guys that actually produce the show for us, right? Young people who are up and coming. They want to one day be Gareth. They want one day want to work with Gareth. What does it take to get to this point? What what is that? And don't give us the usual stuff. What is that WTF thing that I can do that is going to get me to the point where I am working with or Gareth or even better than Gareth? I was talking to a friend of mine um, just two days ago about this very thing. And I think what all of us would strive for, what all of us want deep down inside, but we very seldom reflect on it, is that we want to be completely independently able to exercise our freedoms. You want to be able to wake up in the morning and go, Today I feel like going here. Today I feel like talking to that person. Today I feel like expressing this opinion. Tomorrow I might change my mind on all of those things, but I am nobody's slave. Mm. And that to me is the reason to do whatever you're doing, whether it's to start a, a business. Last night I was talking to the Minister of Small Business Development in Diwazulu about this very thing. And whether you're going to start your own business as someone young in this country, because God knows we need a lot of those to mm. get the economy going. That's the only thing that will help. Mm. Whether it's that, whether it's helping people who need the help more than you do. Um, you know, we, we can criticize rich people for always being charitable when they've got plenty to give. But there is nothing preventing even those of us who are earning nothing from spending a bit of time with someone old or spending a little bit of time doing something useful for the country, fixing something. I mean, if pick it up, aren't going to pick it up. Let's, let's pick it up pick ourselves. It up. Mm, mm. And and that kind of thing, without being too philosophical, is how you find your freedom. Mm. And exercising that freedom is a daily thing. You have to keep pushing because someone is going to try and take it back from you. Every day, someone's going to try and pull your freedom away from you. You've got to keep fighting for it, yeah. whether it's the freedom to express yourself, the freedom to move around, the freedom to associate with people who other people tell you you shouldn't associate with. Mm, mm. Whether it's maniac, lunatic, crackpot, right-wingers, mm. or whether it's leftists mm. who just want to see the destruction of everything and replace, replacing it with anarchy mm. until everybody can be the same. Mm. Speak to everyone. Mm, mm, and don't mm. block anybody. Don't block, yeah. Right? All right. Someone who's been speaking to a lot of people over the last year is he's been in the headlines a lot. Uh, Gareth, I know you're a big fan of him. Uncle Professor Adam Habib. Adam uh, joins us on the show today. We did try to get some of the students as well, but they are writing exams, so they gave us all kinds of exam uh, excuses uh, because obviously they still need to to pass. Uh, Professor Habib, thank you so much for joining us on Cliff Central. Good morning to you. Uh, good morning, and thank you for having me. Now, I call you Uncle Habib because I've got a lot of respect for you. I think you're an amazing, amazing guy. I just want to understand, my WTF moment in this whole Fees Four is it felt like you were you found yourself on the wrong side of the fees must fall debate. How did that happen? WTF, man. That's right. I did find myself on the wrong side <laughs> of this debate. I've been writing about a major upsurge and a major conflict emerging in higher education for a long period of time. And then, of course, it happens at WITS and it happens at the moment <laughs> when I'm vice-chancellor. And i got to manage the contradictions of it. Dang it, So man. I did find myself on the wrong side. And that's in part meant it that it was a bit of an emotional coaster ride, but it also meant that I had to think about ways of finding solutions to it in ways that are, uh, on the one hand, recognizes the importance of the students and what they're raising and their demands, but at the same time making sure that BIT survives this in a way 
that allows it to play the role that it needs to play in the future. What, what, what moment were you just like WTF in this Fees Must Fall thing, when your jaw was quite literally on the floor? Was there a moment? Yeah, there was. I mean, initially, between you and me, I mean, we've been writing and asking the state to open up its purses for for five, ten years now, saying, look, these, these increases, double-digit increases are unsustainable. You're forcing us to do it because you're giving us lower-than-inflation increases and you're increasing the numbers, this is impossible and unsustainable. And, uh, you know, we've been not been successful in getting the state to move. And then suddenly, the students begin to engage in this protest. You remember that Friday night when I was engaging them for the whole evening. The following week, they marched on Parliament. It expanded around the country, and they marched in Parliament, and then they marched on the Union building. And then the state effectively said, we'll give in to the 0%. And for us, two, about two days before, we knew that the state was going to make a concession. And we said, this is fantastic. The students have done through social action in seven days what all of the rational debate we were trying to do for the last 10 years. And that you've got to actually give them credit for. And that is why on the Wednesday, we declared support for the 0%. Now, if you asked me a week before, would this have happened and would the state have opened up? I would have said no. But 10 days later, the students put on the table something to force the state to make a concession that would never have happened uh, earlier on. And for that, you've got to give them credit. It's a fantastic achievement. Adam, obviously, on the other side, uh, there are people saying, geez, WTF, how do we pay for this? Um, well, what's going to happen? Budgets were not were not planned around this. Um, it, does this mean now that resources are going to be pulled from other critical areas of education and be and be moved towards uh, uh, making sure that, uh, that there's no fee? Um, where how do we how do we move how do we deal with that with that issue? So how are we going to pay for this? And is this going to cost us uh, quality education? Um, I think that that's why I said two things, is how do I demonstrate support for this, but at the same time, make sure that BIT survives this uh, decision and we navigate a way out of it so that it can continues to provide a quality education. I think that for 2016, the problem is resolved. The state has come to the party. It said we'll give out of $2.3 billion required for the higher education system, for the 0%, the state will give $1.9 billion and the universities will absorb anything between 15 and 20%. That is, uh, for 2016, that matter is resolved. It's not a problem. What has happened is what happens from 2017 on. And if the state comes to the party, the matter is resolved. But if the state does not come to the party, then what are the trade-offs? And that's the conversation that I think we need to have. There is a presidential commission that is being established to look at the fee regime in relation to the subsidy for 2017 onwards. In addition to that, you know that many of the students said 0% is not good enough, we want insource. And insourcing is going to cost millions and millions of rand. And so the second part of this is if you get all of these demands at the same time, what are the financial consequences and how do we absorb that in a way that doesn't compromise quality education? That's the big debate for 2016. And I'm... uh, I'm, I'm urging both the state to be involved in it thoughtfully, but the students themselves must recognize we can't resolve all of this in one shot, and we need to think strategically about that. 
Very quickly, we've got to get out of here, uh, Uncle Habib. Uh, tell me very quickly, last question to you. Are you now on the right side? Are you on the same side as the students? I think we're on the same side of trying to get education lo- education costs lowered. But what we've got to start talking about is how what are the trade-offs and how do we make sure that we don't bankrupt institutions like this because if that happens, we'll reinforce the very inequality that the students are talking about. Professor Habib, thank you very much for joining us. I look forward to more debates 2016, and let's hope that uh, more debates between students and vice-chancellors happen in open so that all can see and be a part of Thank you very much for your contribution. Thank you for having me. Professor Adam Habib, that wasn't a very good answer at the end there. Hey? He wasn't convinced that he's on the side of the students. Hey, yeah, it's a, it's a tough job. Eh? It's easy It's easy as a commentator. You, 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 know, is, you heard is, what he said. He's like... Uh, previously I was writing on these things now I'm in the middle of it and it's a very different kettle of fish all right so so we we're coming almost to the end of our WTF 2015 show uh, looking at all the WTF moments throughout 2015 and boy were there a lot of them thank you to all the the, the guests so far um, some people that work behind the scenes tirelessly on this show are our producers they are sitting with us in studio at the moment we're going to ask them what are their WTF moments and we have to be quick guys so so speak just up before, here just before they speak so these are students uh, at, at Umuzi Photo Club um, and Umuzi Academy and they're being taught in creative in the creative arts uh, so they're going to have 30 seconds to quickly just say to say what their biggest WTF moments are but we really appreciate all of their help and uh, they are Iris Lakuva, Lorato Molebate, and Jabulum Kize. Thank you very much for joining us. Okay, we'll start with you and Jabulum because you speak the longest. <laughs> Please keep it to a very short thing. What was your big WTF moment? My big WTF definitely had to be the union buildings because I was there. And I saw people shouting uh, out loud, uh, no violence, no violence. And the cops couldn't, you know, do anything to protect the majority of people who were there shouting no violence and instead rubber bullets were shot at all of us including those who were shouting no violence yeah i was shot at as well iris you next lakuva thank you so much for your contribution what was your wtf moment 2015 i mean there was a number of them but um one of them was when vuyom voko was mugged on camera ah, the yes. journalist that was really strange. <laughs> that was definitely what the fuck. That was a great moment on SABC TV, getting mugged in the middle of town. Fantastic. Lagato uh, Molobatsi, your WTF moment. Um, my WTF moment was um, seeing how youth can do hot shit, you know, like creating proper, good, creative hot shit out here. Like the youth is powerful and they speak multitudes. Guys, thank you very much for your contribution throughout 2015. These are the guys that make the Konza show happen on a weekly basis. They do all the research. They do all the audio. Fantastic stuff. Thank you very much. Rory, there's nothing much more to say except your WTF moment. I, for me, there are many. Eh? Uh, the, for me, there are many. But the WTF moment is that we as South Africans still haven't figured out how to just talk to one another and figure this stuff out. And that we're still hiding behind our racial identities and so on. Uh, it, for me, it just it baffles me. The fact that we still deflect, diminish and deny. WTF 2015. If you missed any of the show, please log on to www.cliffcentral.com. Hit Konza Show. It's Wednesday, 9 o'clock. We've had two hours. Thank you so much to all our guests.
from all over the place. Mbuiseni um, Indlozi, John Steinhazen, uh, we had uh, Professor Adam Habib, we had our own Gareth Cliff, we had Mbali and Tuli, we had Mzwanele um, Mani, we had, who else we had? Do we have anyone else? No, no, no. Uh, I think we, had right our, we had our lovely producers. Uh, and we had our lovely producers. Thank you yeah. so much. And uh, catch us again 2016. We will be back Jovi, with jo. more conversations that you are not brave enough to have but want to listen to. Thank you so much and keep listening to The Konza Show. Ciao, ciao. You see, some of us don't know English properly. Can and then uh, we Magisa? can only come and say, Honorable Hong, 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 like that Honorable Matisa. Yes. Hong, Hong, Hong. Honorable Matisa. Hong, Hong, Hong. Honorable Matisa. That's the only thing Point that she knows. Honorable Matisa. Yes. Now, the SABC News team was robbed at gunpoint during a live crossing this evening. All of us are animated by the idea of building a better tomorrow. All of us carry the belief that, in fact, out of the ashes of apartheid, a prosperous and a united South Africa will rise. Amanda! Then if the students don't accept this, we'll tell our own movement. <laughs> students must fall. <laughs> 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 On cliffcentral.com.